Welcome to day 144 of Shape by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, Cindy Kemp, and Matt Gresge as we continue our journey through the book of First Samuel. Uh, Israel has desired a king, and in their desire of king, they've overlooked the beauty of the king that they've already had, one who is faithful to them, one who has given himself completely to them and, and for them, one who rescues them and holds them in, in the palm of his hand, and they have chosen, you know, a king uh, that you know has the bearing of a king. He's tall. He's he's attractive, even though when it comes from time to be anointing, he's hiding among the the supplies. And his first act as a king is to go back out and plow a field, which is just kind of humbling and kind of you know nice, you know, in in the one sense. But he's he's probably wondering how do I lead Israel? And when we come, to, you know, to chapter twelve, we we have a touching moment. You know, this is Samuel. Uh, the last you know word to the nation you know as a whole um you know his farewell speech and of course he calls into account the uh, authenticity of his his leadership and asks israel to be a witness to how faithful he's you know serve the people and then he also calls the people in account to witness how faithful god has been to them and how unfaithful that they have uh, been to the lord so we come to this passage and it is a deep and moving passage and i I've always loved, you know, how he ends this. Far be it, you know, for me to sin against you by failing to pray for you mm-hmm. and to continue mm-hmm. to lift you up. Uh, so we see see Samuel true to God, true to his leadership position, all the way, mm-hmm. uh, all the way to the end. For we read as as we we read, we repeat this. You know, every every time we have a podcast, that this is more than a you know quick checkbox where we read scripture and then we just move on with our life as a moment we come into the presence of God to be molded and shaped by God that's uh, why we chose a name for the in a podcast we have to be shaped by the word by God's spirit as we read his uh, his word which is revealed to us uh, you know by revealed to us in the words of scripture and enabled to enrich our lives through the Holy Spirit so, Cindy, why don't you, you lift us up as we, sure. we come into this moment asking God to open our hearts and our eyes and to continue His work in us. Father, we thank You for this time in Your Word. And uh, just as Paul said, Father, it would be our prayer that You would open our eyes, our hearts, Father, our um, desire to want to know You and love You in a deeper way and to walk with You. And so, Father, we just ask that this time in your word would reveal truth to us that would allow, um, you know, transformation and change to happen in our hearts by your spirit. And so we pray for this time. It's in Christ's name. Amen. First Samuel chapter 12. Samuel said to all of Israel, I've listened to everything you've said to me and have set a king over you. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I am old and gray and my sons are here with you. I've been your leader from my youth until this day. Here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I've done any of these things, I will make it right. You've not cheated us or oppressed us, they replied. You've not taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and also is anointed as witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. He is witness, they said. 
Then Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of Egypt. Now then stand here, because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your ancestors. After Jacob entered Egypt, they cried to the Lord for help, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, so he sold them into the hands of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazar, into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the Asherahs. But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies, and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Jerubbaal, Barak, Jephthah, and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you, so that you lived in safety. But when you saw that Naash, the king of the Ammonites, was moving against you, you said to me, No, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. Now here is the king you have chosen, the one you ask for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you as it was against your ancestors. Now then stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain, and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. Then Samuel called on the Lord, and that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain, so all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. People all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we will not die, for we've added to all of our other sins the evil of asking for a king. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil. Yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people, because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and to serve him faithfully with all of your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. So there we have um, a very, very moving speech. Uh, first, you know, again, Samuel testifies to his own integrity, and of course, none of the people in Israel can find a thing against him, which is far different than his sons, mm-hmm. who are very opposite of you know what what he is. Far different than Eli's, in a sense, in a sense before them, uh, in, in in all of that. And then he he confronts them. I love the, the word. I want to confront you with how good God has has been to you, and how often you've rejected Him. So he recounts, you know, a very abbreviated history. Of Israel, the the storyline that we we've adopted, you know, through this year as we're, you know, telling the story of Scripture, uh, from these scenes that we've chosen out of both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and with God's faithfulness, and it's in this moment, you know, that there's there's kind of a little buyer's remorse here. In this moment, they realize that they have rejected a true king in order to have a king, like the rest of the nations, and and there is this you know deep sense of fear that comes over them, but God is God is a gracious. God meeting them in this moment, saying, "Okay, you've done all of this evil, and you've added, you know, to all of this evil, this one last evil of rejecting God, choosing, you know, a king like the, you know, the rest of the nations have. But if you will turn to God, 
serve him with all your heart, then he will be with you and he'll be gracious to you. So the open invitation always that God gives his people to turn to him uh, and, and to walk in his blessing in spite of all of their rejection and all of their sin. You see the gracious hand of the Lord with the warning you know, that you do turn away, then you will surely perish. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you guys uh, see in this passage? You know, not that the whole passage is, is all about Samuel, but man, just as, um, as a leader myself, as someone seeking to serve the people of God, there's been so much to learn from him in this passage. You know, even at the start, he's really bold and kind of puts his life out there as, as an example. And he's lived a life of integrity before the people. He's reminded them of what the Lord has done for them. He's even rebuked them at times. And, and, and yeah, he still continues to pray for them. And, and to serve them despite some periods of unfaithfulness. And so just love his his heart for the people, his kind of shepherd heart to to, to be there for them, to, to live an upright life in front of them, um, to speak the truths of God to them, and to seek after them through prayer. And just a great reminder, I think, for all of us to consider yeah. in light of his life. There's no doubt, you know, just that one little simple line, as for me, far be it from me, that I should sin against the Lord. Uh, by you know failing to pray for you, he doesn't go home and you know and, and lick his wounds and live his life in, in bitterness. He continues to respond, you know, to the call of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in the heart of it is, I, I'm not going to sin against the Lord by you know not being faithful to the call that He has given me. And, and of course, the faithfulness that call you know is, is twofold. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to teach you. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times we we mm-hmm. place more emphasis on saying the right things. You know, the net, uh, you know, secret work of, you know, just praying for the people that God has entrusted to our care and, uh, you know, deeply longing for, you know, to see God's work in them. Reminded of Paul, who says, Am I not in the very pangs of birth until Christ Jesus is formed in you? And you see some of that passion, mm-hmm. you know, from Samuel, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Well, like what you said, I mean, he is going to pray for them, but, you know, um, while we don't always want to be quick to receive it, he also said, I'm going to confront you. So just knowing that he said, I I am a godly man, I can, I can say before you, have I done any of this that um, you would find fault in me? And so he's, he proves that he has the integrity to confront them and that that is God's grace often too, is the confrontation and just the truth telling that we all need to yeah. hear. <laughs> Now that's and of course Paul you know talks about it in Ephesians that we build each other by speaking the truth in love and yeah. uh, and that is exactly what he's done you know his uh, you know speaking the truth is is seen in the confrontation and reminding them of God's faithfulness and their unfaithfulness mm-hmm. all the sins you know that they've committed how time and time again they've turned to the bells and the astaroths mm-hmm. uh, and have forsaken the Lord their God and then when things get desperate they turn to God and then turn away from them and then on top of all these other things you're you're looking to a human rather than looking to God mm-hmm. you know in this moment you're looking for a worldly ruler rather than looking you know to your heavenly father mm-hmm. in, in in this moment and, and so you see that in the confrontation, the telling of the truth, and you see in the commitment to pray and to continue to teach and right. instruct, mm-hmm. right. you know, the grace and the love, you know, as well. For sure. Yeah. yeah. This is, to me, such a significant moment for Samuel, too, to, to realize, I think, as well, Samuel felt rejected by these people. He, mm-hmm. he felt wronged by these people as well. And even God has to tell them, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Mm-hmm. You know, but this desire not to please the people, but to pray for the people and instruct them instruct them and confront them and then he gives them those hard words in 21 um 
you know, do not turn away, or do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. You know, don't stop, mm-hmm. stop what you're doing, stop turning to these other things. But I love the, what follows that. He says, for the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. You know, and just that idea, I, I think at times we, we especially, especially when we find ourselves where the Israelites find themselves right now, and they've come under conviction of sin, and they realize all the evil they have done, you know, that they find maybe the Lord's not pleased to make them his own and and yet mm-hmm. you know you have to love the the words of Samuel that the Lord because of his great name you know and for the mm-hmm. sake of his great name was pleased to make you his people and, and I think how much more then in, in the gospel do we see time and time again the reality that the Lord was pleased you know to to save us in Christ Jesus that he delights over us you know that's that Zephaniah the Lord delights mm-hmm. over his people in song and, and so just I mean, I, that, that reminder, I think we all need that reminder um, day in, day out, that the Lord does delight in His people, um, but He also delights in our obedience. He, he doesn't delight in just His people doing whatever they desire, but He, he delights in His people and calls them to obedience. I love that you know, phrase, you know, 21, do not turn away after useless idols that can do you no good, nor can they rescue because they are useless. This is, uh, you know, the Hebrew word for that is the same word we find in the very first word, you know, first sentence of Genesis. The earth was uh, without form and void or empty and meaningless. And and so this whole idea of emptiness is, you know, the the chaos and, uh, you know, and a lack of ability, you know, to do anything. So this is a a word, you know, God took emptiness and made it Mm -hmm. into something purposeful, uh, you know, pointing us to his glory. And of course, these idols do just just the opposite. They bring, they with decreate. Them. Yeah, they <laughs> decreate, and they bring em- they bring emptiness mm-hmm. back into our lives and into our creation. And that's not just the asterisks and the bells. It's the stuff we park in our garage and have in our bank account, and all all of those other things that tend to grab our affections and our attention and, and rob us of the heart that settled on Him. And I like as well as you're reading through Samuel's words and you know, he does have this call to the people kind of beginning in verses 13 through 15 where he does call them to obedience and he does call them to follow the Lord and it, it would be good and also warns them of the call of, of rebelling against the commands of the Lord. But he's not just calling them to obedience for obedience's sake, but prior to that he's reminded them of, of what God has done and he's reminded them of the good news of the Exodus. and and their salvation from slavery and, and how God's brought them out of these things. And it's in light of that that he's now calling them to be as people who who live in this way. And, and obviously the same is true for us today, that we don't just obey to obey in order to hopefully get this great salvation, but it's because of the great salvation that the Lord has has, has done for us that we are now called to obey in, in life of gratitude and, and, and joy. And so... You know, it's easy to think, well, God operated one way in the Old Testament and a new way in the New, but he's actually, he's always been the same in that. And there's no doubt that God has done some unique things in the Old Testament, some unique things in the New Testament, but the heart and the character, you know, of God, his uh, His attributes are always are always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and of course, you see both his, his justice, uh, demanding holiness and obedience, you know, to his heart and character, mm-hmm. and his his mercy, uh, forgiving the sins uh, of the people and calling them back to himself, to experience uh, his, his blessing.
as well. Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we we're grateful for the the chance to stop and, and to remember um, all that you've done for us in Christ Jesus. Father, forgive us for the idols we run after, the useless things, the nothings, the meaningless things, the empty things that so so often capture our hearts and our affections, um, our thoughts. Father, we repent of those things. Um, we, we turn back to you. Father, thank you that you were pleased to make us your own. Um, would we worship you um, and obey you? Would we walk with you faithfully today and experience life in you? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.